Hey everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast. I am your host Heidi de la Cruz and if this is your first time here, welcome. If not, welcome back. Today's episode is a little different. This story is about a grandmother, Martha Sherman, who came to the United States before World War I and it's told by her granddaughter Betsy. Martha came from what used to be Russia but is now Ukraine and she fled because she was told she had to leave her home because she was Jewish. So listen to her incredible journey and everything she had to go through while coming to the United States. Thank you, Betsy, so much for your time and for sharing your grandmother's story and for sharing a little bit of history with us. All right, enjoy the episode. Let's go ahead and get started so you can share your grandmother's story of her journey coming to the United States. And yeah, just go right ahead um, whenever you're ready. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Betsy Wurzel. And I'm going to talk about my grandmother's story. My grandma, um, she came over to America before World War I. And where she lived at the time was Russia, but now it's uh, the Ukraine, because she lived around Kiev, uh, which is because Ukraine now, as you've read in the papers, and here we go the news. But years ago, it was Russian, and she was the family had a leave because they were Jewish and they were taken off of their land. They just came and said, "You have to leave," and the programs were starting. And it's before World War One, because I believe they kind of came over here and had to be about. Let's say World War One started, I think, in 1917. So I think they came here in 1914. Oh uh, wow! They ran, uh, you know, through. They fled through Europe. Uh, my grandmother talked about pretending to be sick so they wouldn't get raped. Oh wow! The- uh, she talked about getting her sisters out of jail for something. I don't remember what. Uh, my grandmother worked for years at Nanny in Romania, and she pretended that uh, my grandfather was her brother. But the people that she worked for said, no, that's not your brother. <laughs> we could tell by the way you look at each other. <laughs> You're not brothers. Oh. <laughs> and um, my grandmother talked about, you know, hiding in graves, and she saw someone smother a baby by accident. Oh, no. So they wouldn't be found. And, you know, like my grandmother came from a big family. So you're talking, I think there was four sisters at that time and two brothers. So that's six children um, in various ages that you're trying to keep together as you're fleeing Europe for your life. And that could not have been easy for my great grandmother. And my Grandmother and grandfather, um, what a love story. They were first cousins. Mm. And my grandfather left his family at the age of 14 or 15. Never saw, didn't see a relative until 1952. When his sister came to visit from Argentina. And, you know, think of that courage 
the bravery that takes for a 14 or 15 year old young man to leave his family behind. And why did he leave his family behind? He was in love. Love, yeah. strong emotion, right? Heidi, love will make you do things you don't think you would ever do. <laughs> yep, this is true. Excuse me. Um, so my grandparents lived in what you would call little uh, chateaus in Europe, which was little uh, villages where Jewish people lived. They kind of, they stayed to themselves um, because that's just the way it was. They didn't really integrate because uh, nobody wanted them. So they had their little villages. And it was not uncommon for Jews to marry uh, their cousins. Okay. Uncles. Uh, my grandmother's sister married an uncle, actually. Uh, but my grandmother, when she married my grandfather, had to change her name to make it legal because it wasn't legal here in the States to marry your, your cousin. Yeah. And they came in uh, illegally through Canada at that time. I don't, I think why they came in through Canada is that one of them had pink eye mm. going to Ellis Island. So I say that I am a byproduct of illegals. <laughs> 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 I can't. Um, I, I, I I can't say anything bad about illegals because my grandparents came in illegally, and you know what? Don't judge people when they come here illegally because they're doing what they have to do to survive. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, there's people that come in illegally that are not the best of uh, humanity. But uh, most, I believe most people that come here illegally do so because they're desperate. Um, it's a desperate situation. And we don't know what their lives are like in their countries. So, you know, they come to America for the land of opportunity. My grandfather did eventually become a citizen. My grandmother wanted to uh, go to school and be a citizen, but she couldn't because she was a caregiver for her mom. Boy, that runs in my family. Uh, and uh, her sisters and brothers just would, you know, uh, leave. And my grandmother was the oldest. And so she was left to take care of her mom and her dad. Mm. She, I remember she had to fill out a green card and she was always afraid of getting shipped back to Russia. She had that fear um, for many, many years that she would get deported. Yeah. And I just think, you know, they came here, you, back then, you had to have a sponsor. So someone had to be responsible for you. They didn't have, you know, well, welfare then, social security, Medicare. They didn't have any of that. Yeah. And, um, she worked two years in a factory uh, before they had their uh, laundry store before they got married. And my grandmother told me she worked in a garment factory and some guy tried to get uh, fresh with her mm. and she whacked him. <laughs> she hit him? Yes. Good my for her. <laughs> my grandmother didn't take any crap. 
<laughs> yes, good for her. Uh, my grandmother didn't go to school, but my grandmother was very street smart and very mm. intelligent. They even learned Spanish when, because uh, they worked in Harlem. They had a store in Harlem, and Harlem was becoming Hispanic in the 60s. So they did uh, pick up some, <laughs> learning some Spanish. And, you know, she didn't talk about the ship. I asked my mom, did Grandma talk about her experience on the ship? And she said no. So I don't know why I didn't ask her about the ship, or maybe I did and she didn't talk Lots about it. Items in stock and- maybe it was so horrible that she couldn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, but you know, what people do really to get here to America um, and we take so much for granted here that are born here and uh, really it, it, we're, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm grateful that my grandparents came over. I'm glad I was born in America and my, I found out that my father's parents came over as children up in mm-hmm. to Ellis Island, but I was told that they were born here. I don't know why I was told that, but mm-hmm. um, what drove people uh, like my grandparents here is hatred and bigotry. And I know, okay, I'm a Caucasian. So you look at me, okay, I'm Caucasian. You think, you don't know bigotry or racism, Betsy. Yes, I do. Because when you are of a different ethnic background, if you're Jewish, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of racism about that, bigotry. I faced it myself and when I was younger. And um, my parents' house was graffitied. And you feel violated. Um it's not pleasant when people call you names because of your ethnic origin. And I don't understand why people have such hatred, but it has to stop. And, you know, Heidi, we're people are more alike than we are different. Yeah. And when we cut ourselves and we bleed, we all bleed red blood. Yeah, that's true. We're all the same. And if we could just, you know, learn to accept each other, you don't have to like someone's religion or someone's lifestyle. You don't have to. That doesn't give anyone the right to bully someone and um, cause them harm. That is true. You know, I don't like uh, my great aunt would go down to the A&P, which was a local food store, grocery store, and steal. Oh, uh, no. She was just stealing and my grandmother couldn't. But she changed, but she didn't. So they put her in a apartment in Brighton Beach, which is uh, in Brooklyn, large mm-hmm. Jewish Russian community. And my grandmother was really mad. Because she said, I had to work for everything. She comes over and gets everything for free. And then, <laughs> and then when the then when died, they found $3,000 stuffed in toilet roll uh, tubes. Oh, wow. And, uh, my, my grandmother was really 
uh, mad, but um, <laughs> I think it was kind of funny. But I, I just, you know, it's so much has changed, and in um, some, in a lot of ways. But um, it was really hard back then, and I, I just want to uh, recommend to people, uh, especially if you're Jewish and you're listening to this, you can go on Jewish genealogy. There's a Facebook uh, group. I, I forgot the exact name of it. But you can just look at Jewish genealogy or Jewish genealogy tribe. And I'll tell you what, they, they sent me unbelievable information, like manifests. Um, the ticket that my grandfather had uh, stamped in Canada and um, that he went through New Hampshire. I mean, it's really amazing what they could dig up. Wow. Uh, with the Jewish genealogy. And I learned, um, you know, some things. And it, it was just an, an incredible. Like, they would go on a, uh, like, my father's side of the family. They went sometimes, not under their own name, but sometimes they went under, like, their mother's maiden name. Mm. And it was interesting because I heard a lecture about, you know, Jewish genealogy. And when they came over to Ellis Island, a lot of people had their names changed. So they could be in a line, Heidi, and the guy who worked in Ellis Island or the woman could say, okay, your name is um, Goldberg. The next one could be Goldbloom. Then it could be another Goldberg. I mean, they just gave out names and sometimes they gave you a name based on what your occupation was. Oh, wow. So I don't, I think my, well, my grandfather, my mother's grand, grandfather was a, a fisherman. He had a fishing uh, store and he was also a fisherman, but their last name in Russia was Shevikov, but they Americanized it to Sherman. And my father's side, um, my father told me his great-grandfather was a potato farmer. So my maiden name is Wurzel, and Wurzel means root. Mm, okay. So maybe that's how they got the name. Who knows if it was really Wurzel? I mean, I have no idea. That could be an Americanized version of that name. So it's really um, very interesting that my my dad told me that his great grandfather was a potato farmer for Kaiser's army, and that was I think like before World War One. Yeah, it had to be way before World War One because that's when it was the hung, hung, Hungary, Austria-Hungary Empire, because Europe kept changing their their borders, you know. Uh, what was what it kept changing over, yeah. over the years but it's very um interesting and i really recommend everyone to you know check your genealogy check your history of where your family came from and what they went through um my father my grandfather's family most likely got killed in the holocaust except for the two that were still alive um, I'm sure they were probably killed uh, then. And, you know, just to, like, my grandmother, 
could have written a novel of what she went through. Yeah. To uh, come here. And she said one time a soldier hit her with his gun. And then she had back problems after that. Oh. <clears throat> she said they were near the water. And he hit her with the gun. Um, they left with the clothes on their back. Literally. And <clears throat> I found out. My grandfather was a really fast eater. Put a bowl of soup in front of him. You turn your head. It was gone. Wow. Because they had to eat fast, I guess. Mm. Uh, On the run. Um, And I I can't even imagine, Heidi, like sleeping in cemeteries, watching someone smother a baby, um, just fearing for your life. Yeah. You know, um, so I really feel for the people who do come over, um, preferably, you know, people come in uh, legally, but that can't always be the case. And I I think we shouldn't uh, judge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. It's, I mean, that's why I I have this podcast, you know, just so to share stories like this um, and, and to change the narrative of immigration to a more empathetic and compassionate way, a more Jesus-like approach. And I feel like listening to people's stories, listening to the hardship that they go through when they come to the United States, um, you can connect, right? You can connect with the person and see like, man, like, they, they have to start from zero, from nothing. And then there's the language barrier. There's the whole navigating the system here in the United States that a lot of people don't understand. They struggle with that. And and there's a misconception going around that um, things are, are handed to immigrants when it's not. Like they also have to work, start literally from scratch. They have to work for everything that they have. And... And yeah, so that's why I have this and I strongly believe that by listening to the immigrant stories that be able to people will be able to have more compassion and empathy and and understand why first immigration is important and that they do provide, um, you know, jobs and and for the economy. So, you know, there's all these misconceptions that they're coming to steal jobs and that things are just handed to them and that they mush off the system and things like that. And it's like that. That's not the case. Uh, Yes, um, I agree. And I I think people would realize these people that are coming over are coming over for a better life and hopefully give their children a better life now. How hard and heartbreaking it must be to hand over your child to someone, hoping they get over and not be in the sex trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of human trafficking um, happens. And yes, you know, there is a drug um, cartels and all that. But people are coming over to escape persecution, to have freedom. And they're actually, the migrants are, are doing the jobs that Americans don't want to do. I mean, and that's the truth. Who's doing the farms? Okay, who's working the farms? 
It's the migrants that are working the farms. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are doing it. And they're having a shortage. And, you know, people are doing the jobs that Americans uh, don't want to do. There is a shortage of workers. Yeah. Uh, why? I don't know. Like the diner that we sometimes go to, they cut their hours down. They can't get workers. Oh, wow. You can't even get workers. So they're not opened. They used to be up until like, I think they used to be open 24-7. Then they cut it down to nighttime. Now they're only open 7 to 3. Wow. unusual for a diner, right? To be close to yeah, three. at 3 o'clock, yeah. They can't get the workers. And, you know, if you go into a diner, most of your busboys, most of your cooks are immigrants. Uh, most of the people on your diners are immigrants. So people are doing... They're doing the work um, that no one wants to do. And that's important. Like, where would we be if we didn't have people picking the fruits and vegetables? Right? I mean, let's be realistic. Yeah. um, No job should be looked down on. We need everybody to do a job so that there's food on the table. And I think that immigrants provide a, a great resource. And a lot of them, it, you know, Heidi, they're not documented. So they take abuse because they're afraid of speaking out. Oh, because yeah. They're afraid of getting deported. And really, getting to be a citizen shouldn't take five to 10 years. There should be a better way. And if anybody wants to send me a hate meal for that, you could go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, there should be a better way. A better system. There needs to be a better system. There, there does. I do agree with that. Um, I don't agree with all the immigration policies, but the there the system just needs to be more um, efficient. It it takes way too long to have these asylum cases processed, um, these affidavits or support. Um, those those cases just take way too long. Um, yeah, so there definitely needs to be a change in, in the system. Yes. Um, there is a guy, now th- this is funny, the pizza place that used to be open and, and they just closed a couple of years ago. Uh, the owners were Italian, but the guys were uh, Hispanic. And one of the guys came from Guatemala and he couldn't even get his wife over here. Mm. And he's still trying after like five years to get his wife here. That's ridiculous. And I said, why doesn't she come over illegally? Like a lot of people do. And he said, no, he didn't want to do it that way. She didn't want to come over that way. And he had a whole family down there. Um, a lot of, I've worked with a lot of Filipinos who are working two jobs and sending money to help their families. And then help their families to, to get over here. Mm. Um, it, it's really, you know, when you look back, if anyone were to look back, we all came from somewhere else. Yeah. We all did. The only ones that are, to me, that are truly Americans or the Native Americans, which back in my day we used to call the American Indian. But the Native Americans, they're the ones who were here 
and the Europeans came, conquered the land, and you know, the, unfortunately, the Native Americans got a raw deal too, very raw deal. Um, is America perfect? No. Has there things going on that shouldn't have? Of course. But to me, this is still the greatest country in the world. If I didn't live here, I would then live in Israel. Um, mm. My mom always said that, you know, as Jews, if we got kicked out of America, we always had Israel to go to. Yeah. And that um, that's a, a country that I would consider going to if I couldn't live in, in America. But, you know, no country is perfect. America's not perfect. I'd rather live here than anywhere else. And I do say God bless America. <laughs> um, and I want to thank the veterans all over who fought to keep this country free. And I'll tell you what, a lot of immigrants served America, served their country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also got a raw deal, but they served America. And you know what? I, a lot of people don't know this, but back when the Irish were coming over, uh, and this is during the Civil War, they would grab them right off the boat and they had to go serve. Oh, wow. In the war. Um, so, you know, people served. You have your Native Americans in World War II, got a raw deal, of course. Um, your African Americans, raw deal. That's why I say it's not, America's not perfect. It's a lot of um, things that were not done properly, but it's still the best country. And even during World War II, President Roosevelt, he turned away a boatload, a shipload, I should say, of Jews. Wouldn't let Jews in, and they got sent back to Europe where they were killed. And that is why we have the asylum program now. Yeah, yeah. I just learned about that. What was it last week? Um, so I actually, um, I want to do a episode that gives um, the history of immigration and how. And like what events were happening that led to certain laws being changed or added. And that and that particular event that you just mentioned was why the asylum case was created. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Betsy, I wanna thank you so, so, so much for willing to share your grandmother's story i know that this is the second time we recorded this because technology was not working the first time around but we did it um it was a very powerful story thank you so much i honestly wish your grandmother would have like written a book or a memoir like that would have been probably like a bestsellers book just for everything that she went through and you know, but everything happens for a reason and, and it's got you here. And just thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing. And and yeah, just thank you so much. Well, thank you, Heidi. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me share my <laughs> my grandmother's story. And this is in memory of uh, my grandma, Martha Sherman. And um, she would have been really happy to know that I was telling her story. So thank you so much. 
Oh, yes, she definitely would have. Thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.